Welcome to the Spirit Empowered Life. Today, Pastor Couples brings another message on leading a fulfilling life through God's principles. Here's Pastor Couples. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and go to the book of 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. I began preaching to you on a series called Kingdom Lifestyle. Would you say that with me? Kingdom Lifestyle. Come on, let's say it one more time. Kingdom Lifestyle. In other words, you and I are called to live a lifestyle in the kingdom. Jesus showed up, and the first thing that we hear him saying as he begins his ministry is the word repent or change your mind and change your direction, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven. He said the kingdom of heaven was like a man uh, who, after finding a pearl of great price, sold everything that he had and went out and bought that pearl of great price. And so in our lives, we, we kind of have the tendency to think of the kingdom as, as some mysterious, ethereal, far off, something in the sweet by and by that we're going to get to. But yet the Word of God lets us know that the kingdom of heaven is here, it is now, and it is able to be lived out in our lives that you and I really can live a kingdom lifestyle. Uh, today the book of 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, let's read a few verses together beginning in verse number 6. It says, But this I say... He who sows sparingly will also reap how? Sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, how many times have you heard that? But if you've been here very long, you've also heard me say, God loves a cheerful giver, but we'll take it from a grouch. <laughs> and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I want to talk to you today on this subject. I want to talk about kingdom prosperity. Kingdom prosperity prosperity, that God has a way of helping us to live a prosperous life. Uh, we, we've been on this subject now for the past few weeks on kingdom lifestyle. We talked in the first week about when waste becomes worship, that in the life of Mary, when she came to Jesus, she brought that alabaster box of oil, she broke it, she poured it upon him, that the disciples sitting around said, why this waste? Could it not have been taken and sold and the money given to the poor? But yet the word of the Lord says that everywhere the gospel is going to be preached, that that story is going to be told. And here's why. I think that story is so important that Jesus said wherever the gospel is preached it's going to be talked about it's because you and I need to learn to be generous people it was a great place for an amen then last week we talked about the, the subject of getting our heart in the right place, of how that you and I have a tendency, even though that we're believers, we're in the body of Christ, that we still have our heart set upon the, the things of this world. We, we kind of live that way, and yet there's a way to move our heart from the kingdom of this world and to literally get our heart into God's kingdom, and we talked about that last week. But today, uh, we're going to talk about kingdom prosperity. Now, would you just look at your neighbor and just tell them, pastor is getting ready to get in your business.
Now, I warned you. I told you on the front end, I'm getting ready to get in your business. It's not going to be a surprise as this sermon moves forward today that I'm going to get in your business. I have already told you that, okay? Now, the the Word of God gives us uh, direction in this whole aspect of kingdom prosperity. Let me ask you a question. How many of you this morning like being prosperous? If your neighbor did not raise their hand, pray for them because there's something wrong with them. Now, listen, when I talk about prosperity, I'm not just talking about finances, although finances is part of it. I'm talking about prospering in your relationships. I'm talking about prospering in your walk with God. I'm talking about prospering in every aspect of your life, that your family is prospering, that everything you touch. The Bible says that everything we set our hand to do, it shall prosper. And so when, when we understand that, and we begin to live life differently. I mentioned to you a few weeks ago how that a lot of Christians have what I call a, a a slice of pie theology and that is is their whole theology is is that God and his blessings are kind of like a pie and if I give you a slice of that pie then that means that I am not going to have as much as I used to have but God that's not his kingdom God's kingdom is abundance above all that you can ask or think according to the power of the Spirit that works in you. God's kingdom is that God spoke the worlds into existence. He said, let there be. And since the moment that He said, let there be, there has been a continuation of let there be. Solar systems are still being spun off. Things are still happening because God has never taken it back. Because God is a God of abundance. The book of John, the 10th chapter and the 10th verse says, but for the thief, speaking of Satan, but the thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I am come, Jesus said, that you can have life, and guess what? You get to have that life more abundantly. You get to move into that place where it's not just about living life here, kind of getting through kind of just making it happen. Well, you know, I'm kind of miserable. I kind of don't have anything. I don't like anybody, and nobody likes me. But that's okay, because one day I'm going to go home and be with Jesus. Hallelujah. I sometimes wonder if God looks down at some of those people and goes, oh, no, you're not. I don't want you here messing up the stuff. Right? See, I, I believe with all my heart that God has given us the ability to prosper. He, it, and, and we live in a nation that's given us an ability to prosper. All right? All the griping and complaining we do, we still live in a nation that you have the ability, if you want to, to prosper. And so how do I go about coming to that place of living uh, this kingdom prosperity in this kingdom lifestyle. Look in verse number six again, if you wouldn't, let's talk about it. He said, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The first key this morning, if you want to call it that, is we've got to learn to invest in the kingdom. Amen. Now, I can start prompting you and telling you where a good amen would fit, or you can just get it, all right? Uh, the, the, God has given us the ability. How many, let me ask this question. How many of you have ever had a garden in your, in your life or you had to work a garden? Anybody? I, I grew up with parents that were just horrible parents uh, that made me work in a garden. And I have never had one since, all right? 
It was like I want to go play and I'll go out there and get the weeds out of that strawberry patch or whatever it was that I had to do. And, and yet, here's what I know. Even though I don't, do, I don't do farming and I don't do gardening, I do Kroger and Walmart. But here's what I know, is that I know if, that if I want to receive something out of the ground, I've got to invest something in the ground. If I want to get tomatoes, I've got to put some seed in the ground. If I want to get corn, I've got to put some seed in the ground. I've got to invest to get back. It's interesting to me how often I see believers who, who, who are destitute, life is messed up, nothing's happening, and, and they're saying, I don't know why God's not blessing me. And, and if you were to get down to brass tacks, you would find out that they are not investing anything in the kingdom of God. They are not giving anything into the kingdom of God. Listen, you, you, listen it's called stealing Can I go there? It's called stealing when you take something that you haven't put anything into. Right? I mean, if your neighbor has made a garden and you go over during the night and start picking tomatoes and corn and green beans by the moonlight and they don't know it, that's called stealing. Well, Pastor, I'm just reaping. No, 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 you're stealing. And yet so often we want to, in the kingdom of God, we want to receive where we haven't invested. And yet God's word is quite clear there in the sixth verse that if I sow sparingly, I'm going to get back sparingly. But if I will sow bountifully, if I will become a generous person, then God says I will receive back generously into my life. Look in verse number seven as we continue. It says, so let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. The second key this morning is your attitude. It's your attitude. Have you ever had in your life somebody to give you something and you wish they had kept it because of the attitude that they gave it in? I mean, it's like, here, I got something for you. I don't want you to have it. I hate your guts, but here. Now, they didn't say that, but it was kind of the, 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 you know, the whole process, and, and you don't want that. And I, I wonder sometimes in our life, when, when God looks down at us in our giving, when we come to church with our tithes and our offering and other areas of our life in giving, uh, that, that He looks at us and goes, mm, I don't really want it. I mean, he, he clearly says that it's the cheerful giver. It's, it's the attitude of our heart that makes a difference. And so if I want to move into kingdom prosperity, then I have to come to the place where I am living life knowing that God is able, knowing that he is going to be a blessing to me, knowing that he's going to give to me and saying, you know what? I want to learn to be a generous person who gives out of everything that God has blessed me with. I want to to give because God deserves the best that I have. You know, there are different levels of giving. There's actually three I want to talk about this morning. Two of them you probably know, but let me give you, let me, let me talk about it just a moment. The, the first level is what I call what I should give. Okay, according to what the scripture says, what I should give, which is based on my willingness to share. The Bible says if you see your brother in need and you have two coats and he's without, you're supposed to do what? Take the one coat, give it to him, and bless them. Uh, if you see him in need, another. So that's, that's the, what I should give based on my willingness to share with others. There's a second level, which is what I could give. 
what I could give, and that's based on my willingness to sacrifice. That's when I bring my tithes and my offering into the storehouse when I could have used it for something else. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever given some money to the kingdom of God when you could have used it for something else? All right, eight of you have. The rest of you will get saved one day. I mean, there have been times that, that Sherry and I have given, and, and I, I would have loved to have used that for something else. Usually something for me, but... Right? I mean, I, I could have found something for it, but I, I knew that the Lord wanted me to give. And so you've got to be willing to sacrifice. Here's what sacrifice is. We think sacrifice is real horrible, real bad, real tough stuff. Let, let me tell you what sacrifice is. Can, can you get this? If you're taking notes, write this down. Here's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice is giving up something I love for something I love more. Giving up something I love for something I love more. I might love to spend that money on whatever, but I love God and His kingdom, so I will sacrifice at whatever level that I need to to do what God's calling me to do. Those two we're kind of familiar with, but there's one more level that I want to talk to you about this morning, and that is the level of what I would give. Not what I should or what I could, but what I would give based on God's willingness to trust me. It's quiet. You say, what do you mean? Have you ever read the verse of Scripture that says, He that is faithful in the little things, God will make him ruler over much. Right? I believe with all of my heart that there are many of us who could be much more prosperous if God could trust us in our poverty. Now listen, I want to tell you something. I am not in poverty today, but I have been in poverty. I know what it's like to drive up to the gas station with a couple of rolls of pennies and get a dollar's worth of gas. All right, I've been there. I know what it's like. And just pray that that would last the week. Did a lot of prayer and fasting in that car that week. I know what it's like. When Sherry and I got married, her, she had an uncle that gave her, I don't know, I, I, it seemed like, it probably wasn't, it seemed like a hundred quarts of green beans. Now, it probably wasn't. But that was his wedding gift. He should have given us some money, now that I think about it. He had some. That's another thought. I'll try to remember that next time I see him. But anyway, uh, I can remember eating green beans that I wanted to turn green. And the last thing I wanted was some, in fact, there was a long time after we got married, after that season of my life, that I wouldn't even eat green beans because I was so sick of them, all right? So I know what it's like. I, I, know, I, I know, you know, the, the whole process of, of that. I'm not there now. Thank the Lord. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound, and abounding is much more fun, all right? But here's what I know is that if God can't trust you in poverty, He can't trust you in prosperity. And a lot of us, God says, I would like to bless you. I would like to bring abundance to you, but you've got to be faithful where you are with what you've got, and then when you are faithful there, I can take you to the next level. Oh, hallelujah. 
So if I want to move my station in life, I can't be one of those believers who are always waiting until. Listen, I've been pastoring a long time, uh, a long time, 30 plus years now. I started when I was eight. And um, I have people tell me all the time, Pastor, when I get, and, and it's always when I get a better job or when I get my house paid off or when I get, and it doesn't matter what it is, I'm going to be a consistent giver to the kingdom of God. I, I've, I've even pastored people who've come by and said, Pastor, when I win the lottery. <laughs> now, let me tell you something about the lottery. First of all, it's a sucker's bet. Secondly, if you do play it and win, pay tithes. Now, I don't think you ought to be playing it. I think you're wasting your money and your time and all your effort. But somebody said, would you take lottery money as tithes? Give it and let's see. <laughs> Remember when Oral Roberts took that dog track money and everybody was giving him grief about taking a million dollars from dog track? I was just like Oral Roberts. I said, bring it and see if we won't sanctify that devil's money and use it for God's kingdom. Don't bother me, all right? Now, here's, here's what I know. I got something much better than the lottery. I've got a sure thing. Verse 8, look at it. Here's the sure thing. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, watch what it says, always having all, what's that next word? Sufficiency. Come on. Sufficiency in all things may have an He said, I'm going to give you sufficient in all things, but it's going to be so sufficient that you've got an abundance. Now, I don't know about you. I like having sufficiency, but I like abundance a whole lot better. I mean, I like to have enough money to pay all my bills at the end of the month, but I love it when I've got some money left over at the end of the month. I love to go on vacation and have a budget. But I love to go on vacation when I don't have a budget. Because I have been blessed abundantly. Am I the only one that's getting a witness on this this morning? See, there's got to, here's the third key of this whole process of kingdom prosperity is trust. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency. The lottery's not going to give it to you. Ed McMahon, when he was alive, wasn't going to knock on your door with the publisher's clearinghouse, whatever. It is God who said, I am going to take care of you. I am going to bring all sufficiency into your life. And you're going to have an abundance for every good work. But I'm not going to do that if I don't trust him. Isn't it interesting how we trust man, but we don't trust God? I mean, there are many of us, hopefully all of us in this room, that are, are putting back money for retirement and 401Ks and 403Bs and whatever else there is and trust things and all that that, that you're putting. And, and yet, I, I, have any of you ever heard of AIG? See, everybody had all their trust in AIG. Oh, I got lots of money. And guess what? You woke up one morning. Oh, 
Well, I'm pastor, I got, I got stocks. I, I'm, I'm, I... You know what? There's a company called Enron. You can buy their stock really, really cheap right now. There's another company called BP. You can buy their stock pretty cheap right now. See, from a moment that you've invested hundreds and thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in a moment, it's gone. And yet, we will trust man. Some of you sitting here, well, yeah, but I got social security. <laughs> Baby, let me help you. If you're my age or younger, don't bank on it. Because it probably is not going to be there when we get there. And if it is still there, they're going to make you be 99 years old to draw it out. Social security. And we'll trust the government. Come on, we will trust the government. Has the government ever done anything they said they were going to do for you? I mean, when President Obama got elected president, we went to Kenya. And, and you should, I mean, the Kenyans were thrilled that President Obama was elected. I mean, they were bouncing off the walls. Everywhere you went, there were President Obama t-shirts. They had them on their vans. They went back this year. I didn't go, but they were telling me, went back this year. You couldn't find a President Obama t-shirt or bumper sticker hardly anywhere. Because they thought he was going to come in there and rescue the company. And he, he can't do that. He's a president. He doesn't have that authority to do that. And so the whole country of Kenya has now turned against President Obama. Why? Because they put their trust in a man. Let, let me help you. You can't put your trust in the government and a man. Who you can put your trust in is God Almighty. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and for ever and if you will live life trusting him then you can live in the prosperity that he has why because as you give you have the dependency upon him that and you know that as I give as I bring my tithes and my offering into the storehouse as I give into the kingdom of God I know that God is going to give all sufficiency to me but it's not just going to be sufficient he's going to bring an abundance into my life so that I can do good work through what he's done look at verse number nine as it is written he is dispersed abroad he is given to the poor his righteousness endures forever now watch may he who supplies seed to the sore and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything I looked that word everything up. Guess what it means? Y'all are quick. Everything. Everything means everything. For all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Not only do I have to trust the Lord, the key in this is that as I trust the Lord, then the Lord brings blessing into my life. And the reason the Lord brings, brings blessing into my life is so that I can bless somebody else. In this house and in Love and Truth churches, when you receive the offering, if you'll look, there's a little sticker on there. has the logo on it, but it has something else on it. And here's what it says. It says, blessed to be a blessing. That's the whole purpose. The reason God blesses you is so that you can be a blessing. The reason God brings good things into your life is so that you can be a funnel, not a sponge. 
God does not want it. Listen, the only way you get anything out of a sponge is what? you got to wring it out. I don't want to be a sponge. I want to be a funnel where it just pours through my life, and I'm blessed by God, but it goes on, and it blesses somebody else. Listen, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. The people who are remembered long after they leave this earth are those who gave, not those who kept. Let's finish this up. Look at verse 12. The Apostle Paul has been talking about this whole process of receiving tithes and offerings and finances. And so he goes, for the, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Now let's slow down a second. When we give our finances here, not only are people blessed, but God receives blessing. The New Testament says it this way. It says, tithes and offerings are received by men on earth, but they're given unto God. When I give my offerings, when I bring that which God has told me to bring into the house of God, not only is there blessing that goes forth for missions and for the local house and all the things, but God also receives what I give, and there's thanksgiving that comes to Him because of it. So today, when you give your offering, you're not just dropping it into a bucket for a man. Literally, you're giving it unto God. Verse 13, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. What is God's indescribable gift? His indescribable gift is this, is this whole process here of grace. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when we when we use the term grace, we always get real religious. And we want to sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But when this passage is talking about grace, it's not talking about saving grace. It is talking about the word there is the favor, the unmerited favor. It is the favor of God coming upon my life so that I can be a giver. Now remember a few verses before, the scripture says he gives seed to the sower. Now, look up here a second. Or look up there, whichever. I'll look right there. When you learn that it's God who gives seed to the sower, then you will come to that place of not holding things tightly, because you will understand that God is the one who gave it in the first place. And if he gave it to me in the first place, then whatever I give, he's going to give back. And I'm going to have all sufficiency in all things. And it's going to abound unto many. And so I live life. And the fifth key of this whole thing of kingdom prosperity is praise. 
because God receives praise. Do you realize that the Bible says this? It says that men would see your good works, and by your good works they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do you know that giving into the kingdom of God, that bringing your tithes and offering, is a process of good works? Why? Because every dime that you give represents a portion of your life. If you make $10 an hour, if you make $50 an hour or more, it represents, when you give, it represents a portion of your life. And so what you are saying is, Lord, I am giving you the first fruits. I am giving you the first part of my life today. And as I do that, I am believing that praise is going to go into you because I trust you and I believe in you. Now, I want to tell you something. If we would come to the place where we would live life with a prosperity mentality and not a slice of the pie mentality, we would never, ever be fearful to trust God with our giving. It would be joyful. We would be a cheerful giver because we would be the people who come to an understanding and say, you know what, God is the source of everything in my life anyway. Here's what the Bible says, and I close. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. Thank you for tuning in today. Please join Pastor Couples next week for another message designed to help you successfully live the Spirit-empowered life. Please log on to our website at www.loveandtruthchurch.com or visit us in person on Oilwell Road in Jackson. And remember, God wants you to lead a spirit-empowered life.